Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. As you all know, I often speak to homeschooling moms, but this devotional series that I've created, Grace for a Mom's Heart, is for all moms who want to grow in their understanding of the Word and specifically how it applies to motherhood. So I would love it if you would share it with your friends, and I would really appreciate it if you would take the time, just a minute or two, to leave a review. Today, we're going to be talking about Psalm 2. Like many of the Psalms, at first glance, there doesn't seem to be much that is applicable to our lives as moms, but nothing could be further from the truth. We live in a culture that shakes its fist at God in countless ways. This includes the leaders and people who hold high positions with, the pow- with power and authority. We see corruption on every level from community, state, and federal government. Our hearts grieve as places like New York put laws into place that permit the killing of a baby, even as it's exiting the womb. You know, as I held our newborn grandson just a few weeks ago, I couldn't help but think of all the babies out there who will not have the opportunity to take their first breath. I thought about how incredibly vulnerable babies are. They're dependent on those around them to care for and protect them. And instead, they're being murdered in the womb. And now, as they leave the womb, this, this very thing, this is man shaking his fist at God's boundaries and the order that he has established in creation. This is man telling God that he wants to be in charge. Well, you guys know that this is nothing new. This is born into the heart of man. Psalm 51.5 says, For I was born a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. I've seen it in myself, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who has experienced this with my own kids. Please tell me I'm not the only one. When I have, my one, when I have told my one-year-old not to touch something, and that child has the nerve to look me in the eye, smile at me, and then touch the thing. Unless the heart of man is transformed by the love and grace of God, there is no hope. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This is a gift from God. So this sinful heart that we're born with was gifted to us, thank you very much, by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Remember back in the garden, the enemy cunningly and pretty quickly convinced Eve that God was holding out on her and basically insinuating that he was not good and that somehow Eve could be like God. And then what did Adam do? He went right along with it, and then he blamed Eve. And since then, the enemy continues to appeal to that temptation in our hearts, that God is not good, and that we can be like him or be God ourselves. Do you see that in the culture around us? Can you feel that in your own heart sometimes? I know I can. So here we are, as Christian moms, waging the same war, the same war in ways we may not even recognize. 
In how many ways are we, by our actions and words, saying that God is not really good? You know, things like, and I'm totally guilty of this, when does venting turn into complaining against God? Now, I'm not saying we can't say anything negative or grieve the difficulties that we face in life. A few minutes in the Psalms will quickly show that God never looks down on the sufferer or the needy, and He wants us to pour our hearts out to Him. When we do that, we are essentially saying He is good, good enough to trust with our needs, and that He is God and we are not. That takes a humble heart. It also flies in the face of the original temptation that the enemy continues to seduce us with. And that, my friends, is God at work transforming and redeeming us. As we move forward in obedience and we pour our hearts out to God and we choose to go to Him with things and we choose to trust Him with these things that are burdening us, we basically are working with God as He transforms and redeems our hearts and our minds. So how does all of this tie into today's passage? Well, it reminds us where we have come from and that the heart of man, including our hearts, are not naturally good. Without God, man is vulnerable to every possible evil temptation, including all that we are seeing around us. We're reminded why rulers make decisions that are shockingly anti-God. Psalm 2 was written describing the Lord's appointment of a king descended from David, which ultimately led to the perfect king who would come and save us from our sinful hearts, and that is King Jesus. Now, as I read this psalm, I can't help but think of its application toward the political world. As moms, we can't help but wonder, where is all of this chaos headed? It can feel overwhelming, and we can so easily begin to fear for our children and their future. But God. Reading through these words is a clear reminder of who is really in charge. And suddenly, the bigness of God far outweighs man's puny attempt at control. And I want you to think about that as I read through Psalm 2. Are you ready? Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury, For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break 
them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what a joy for all who take refuge in him. Now, I want to go back through that really quickly here and point out a couple of things in this passage. So I'm going to read back through it, but I'm going to, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you along the way. Verse 1, why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? And the translation of the word plans, the original word suggests an attitude of opposing God in speech or in thought. So here they are wasting their time on these futile plans because ultimately their plans are going to come to nothing. But these futile plans are actually in direct opposition to God, either in speech or in thought. And do we see that going on around us? Absolutely. Verse two, the kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. So essentially, they hate God's order. They want to be completely independent of God and they scheme to dominate God's people. Are we seeing that in our culture today? Do you see the scheming and the direct attacks on Christianity? That's what this is talking about. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They hate God's order and they want to be completely independent of God and they scheme to dominate God's people. Verse three, let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. So here's what's really going on. They believe that submitting to God will mean enslavement for them. Isn't that interesting? They see God as a slave driver. They see submitting to him as slavery. Can you hear that in the culture around us as um, gender fluidity is being pushed and pushed and pushed, that it's okay, that God loves us anyway, that, um, or if God says we shouldn't do this, then he is just making us a slave. We, are, we will not be in slavery to these boundaries that God has set up. Can you hear that? So it says here in verse three, let us break their chains, they cry. This is what um, the rebellious are saying. And free ourselves from slavery, slavery to God. Isn't that essentially what's happening? This attempt at going against what God says is not good for us is an attempt to free themselves from what they believe is slavery to God. But, it, but they couldn't be further from the truth. You guys, the scripture talks about being... Um, captive to taken captive to hollow and deceptive philosophies. And it can be easy to almost become angry because we just, we love God so much as Christians and we know that he has a good plan for us. And these people are just pushing and pushing and pushing against it and crying out against this loving God that we serve. And yet we have got to understand that it's, it's really about these people being taken captive to hollow and deceptive philosophies. These people are hostages to a a thinking that is not going to land them in a good place. So let's go on to verse four. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them. 
terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. He is talking about Jesus. Jesus is king. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And another translation is, or I will reveal you as my son. As he did, we all know, in the, later on in the New Testament when Jesus came to earth. God revealed him as his son. Verse eight, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth is your possession. You will break, another word is rule them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. So all this resistance to uh, to to God and this, this idea that they're gonna become slaves to God is going to ruin them. Ultimately, God's justice will prevail. Verse 10, it says, Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. You guys, we need to pray for our leaders, for those in authority, that they will serve the Lord with reverent fear. In the last verse, verse 12, submit to God's royal son, that's Jesus, or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. That's who we are, moms. We are the ones who are to take refuge in him. And it's saying here, as we do that, we will have joy. Remember in the last devotional, Psalm 1, we talked about what gives um, a godly person joy. We talked about the things that they don't do and then went on and talked about the things that they do do. It all comes back to trusting in God and taking refuge in him. Moms, we know how the story ends. God is sovereign and powerful, just and merciful. He will have the last word. In the meantime, we can have joy in the midst of our circumstances as we take refuge in him. And we can take refuge in him because he is good. I want to challenge you with a few questions today. I call them dig deeper questions. How does today's passage bring peace and comfort to your heart as you filter the political chaos around you through that filter? And secondly, how has your perspective changed and your fears been alleviated as you've, read, as you've listened and read through this passage? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is unchanging. God, as women, we can be so fickle. Our emotions can be one way one minute and another way the next, God. But thank you that you never change, that we can anchor ourselves in you, who is unchanging, Lord. You are unchanging. Thank you for that. Thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being good. Thank you that you are not holding out on us, Lord, that that is an, a lie of the enemy. Father, thank you that you are good and that you have abundance for us and you have joy for us and you have blessings for us, Lord. And we just pray that today as we meditate on your word, Father God, that that word would produce fruit in our lives. It would produce joy in our lives. Lord, thank you that your word does not come back void. Thank you for the privilege of being able to study it together and ponder it together. And thank you so much for its application in our own lives as moms. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.